0: Let's begin, listeners. We're in for a real treat. I know I say that all the time, but we really are today. We've got Erin D. She's twenty-year veteran of the financial services area. She's worked in a number of companies in a wide range of areas. She is the COO of Lone People, mm-hmm. and we're very excited to have her. And who's really sponsoring this? All of every one of our sponsors, every podcast but it's really bite that really said you need to have Aaron on now. I've known Aaron for a number of years. She's truly one of the top professionals in our industry. And I got to meet her earlier in her career and her journey. And there's just someone when you meet them, you spot them, you go, pay attention to this person. They're going somewhere. And she has, and is, so one of the, I was well, if you're in the industry 50 years and you're there 20, she's one of the up and comers. You say, but well, 20 years, is she really an up and comer? Seems like she's well established. Well, from my perspective, in 50 years, she has a lot more to give into our industry. And so we're really excited to have a couple of perspectives coming out. First of all, she started with a partner in the business, and we're gonna hear about that. And there's many phone calls that are coming into me right now in 2024 that we want to start your own our own business. And is it possible? What do we need to do? So we're gonna hear from someone that's two years into their journey. I believe they get that corrected. And we're getting, if yeah, four years into their journey. Oh my gosh, four years into the journey. And we're going to get some perspective on that and all of what it takes to get a business up and running. Aaron D., so good to have you here You're joining me on the microphone today. What a pleasure.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's great to see you again.
0: You and I know each other, and I think a good number of people do know who you are. You've been involved in the NBA. You've been involved at conferences and things like that. But for those that do not know you, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, to our listener, a little bit about your background and your journey to where you're at today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Hello. So as David said, I've been in the business for a little over 20 years now. I was one of those few people that got in on purpose. I took a real estate law class at the University of Central Florida, go Knights, fell in love with it. And so very intentionally sought out a position when I graduated and I was lucky enough to obtain a position with option one mortgage as an underwriting trainee. Those of you who were around during the subprime days probably remember that name. We had all the best swag in town at the time. So they taught me how to be an underwriter and we had to do it with basically a breath and a credit score above 500. Those of you who learned on AUS. That's back in the old days, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I did. Yeah. There was no AUS when I learned how to underwrite. We had to do legit credit risk analysis. And so I learned from some of the best in the business at Option One. I was actually there until they turned the lights out in December of 27, 2007. Yeah. Loved working for them. Loved the people I met. And I learned yeah. amazing lessons there. And then from there, I went back to school to obtain my MBA in finance, and then started working, moved to Austin, started working at a local company here in capital markets. And from there, I really just built a career on finding a need and filling it. Really just raised my hand anytime somebody needed something. So that taught me how to become an LOS administrator. That taught me how to, obviously, capital markets and secondary. I was able to get into investor relations, operations management, compliance, all of those really just raising my hand whenever somebody needed something has led me to this day where now I'm co-founder, chief operating officer here at Lone People in Austin.
0: I love the name of the company. Going back to your option one day, I got to give a shout out to my old buddy, Bob Dubrish. We both have mortgage companies doing the same thing. Back in Southern California, Bob was just one of those people. I'll never forget. We all showed up at the same subprime conference at the beginning of when the whole subprime thing started. It was based, I grew out of the Southern California market where I had a mortgage company, I was partner in a mortgage company back then. And we met Bob of all places at one of the conferences out on the Florida Keys, at Key West. And he was a really decent human being. He was a great leader. And I hope he's still doing well. I've lost touch with him and definitely want to talk to him. But his slide deck that he did providing information about the subprime crisis is one. It it was literally used in the movie, The Big Short. His slide deck was actually the one used in the movie. So there's a lot of stories around about all that. But you go back to the time where we did not have AUS And you learn by the the old-fashioned way. Now, granted, uh, Officer 11's underwriting standards were different, deviated from Fanny Freddie, but it was still, it was written, underwritten from a credit basis. And it was underwritten from a chance. They were an a just outside of agency lender, more of an a plus instead of the BC, hard BC money. But it was such a great career. And so I go back and as you talk about that, it just brings back some wonderful memories of many years ago. What yes. did you learn from those experiences? And again, all the subsequent experiences you had, you went through and have been very purposed about your education purposed in your journey. I'm impressed that you decided to get into mortgage lending. It wasn't an accident that makes you unique and unusual in that sense, in a positive sense. But what are some of the things that you've learned along that journey, starting with option one that you would say has been really contributing to your career where you're at and success that you're enjoying today?
1: Yeah. First I'll say I'm Bob Dubrish. He was amazing. My first day at option one, he sat and drank like an entire beer with me and just talked to me. And here I am a newbie Fresh out of college, and the CEO of the company is talking to me. Him and Steve Nathan both just were amazing, he oh, made yeah. great impression yeah. for me on day one, and taught me like, hey, you can run a company and be a human being. And it was just a wonderful experience to be with them. And it was really great working at Option One because I realized that I was helping people who normal banks, normal lenders would turn down, and that couldn't get a loan. I was helping them achieve the American dream, and that really made me fall in love with what we do and realize how important at the end of the day, you've got emails and this and that. But at the end of the day, what we're doing is helping people achieve wealth and achieve the dream that they come here from all over the world for. So I just absolutely love that. During my interview, Tom Chokas, I believe interviewed me and he said, I hope you're ready for this industry. It's crazy. It's a roller coaster every month and every year. It's just, you you, you ramp up, you get crazy busy, and then it's the first of the month and nothing again. And for me, something about that, I'm an adrenaline junkie. And I was like, yes, that sounds amazing. Let's go. To me, I'm like some of those people like engineers, they're like born to do a certain job. Like an engineer yeah. couldn't be a cook, right? Like it's it just doesn't work. For me, I'm yeah. born for mortgage. That's just the way it is. There's no other career for me. Yeah. And, and along the way, really a couple of things I learned. One is this is a very small industry. Don't burn any mm-hmm. bridges because it's a big country, but a small industry. So always treat the people that you work with the utmost of kindness and respect, because you never know when you're going to come along that person again. And and I still run into people that I've met throughout the entirety of my career. And for me, remembering to just always be kind and humble and remember it is a small industry. I think that's one. I think also hard work really does pay off. You can come to mortgage and make more money than doctors without a degree. I've hired people, some of my best employees that, didn't graduate high school even, right? they come in, they put their nose down, they work really hard. And to me, that's another thing is mortgage is a really great industry with a very low barrier to entry where you can make an amazing living for yourself. You can make a million dollars in mortgage without a college degree. So the hard work really does pay off. Then also, like I said before, just Find a need and fill it. Always raise your hand. In this business, there's very few people that do that. And you can take yourself and your career very far by just saying, hey, I'll help out with that project. Hey, I'll do this. That's literally how I got to where I am.
0: Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I had a doctor who had a supplement line. He called it Fanafi, find a need and fill it. And so he... (laughs) They that an acronym, FNAFI. I like that. I love it. Uh, it's so true. And I really share your passion about what this is all about. And I think we lose sight of that. And Yes, you can make great money. And that is wonderful. It brings benefits of it. gives you privileges that you wouldn't otherwise have. So, like I've been rich and I've been poor. I'd rather be rich. Thank you very <laughs> much. But what really gives you the big greatest amount of fulfillment is putting someone in a home for the first time and doing so in a responsible way. You can say, yeah, well, that was the subprime days. Did that not come back and bite some people? Well, It got insane people. One of the problems of the day that I think is we're not going back to what some of the products option one offered we need to get back into that now we're seeing a resurgence of the non-qm which is a good thing i think if it's done responsibly and done in an intelligent way right. so i think for those who want to go back and look at how it was done right at least in the earlier days go back and study the option one story i think it's a very important one yeah. i think then you talk about some of your journey through the educate how important is getting a master's degree in this, I know he, uh, we. I should give a shout out to Andy Shell, my old business partner, who is your, uh, I think he, he's an advisor to you, serving your board, also your contract yes. CFO, if I understand correctly, dear friend, one of the brighter guys out there. And he's working on his second doctorate degree right now. And I always tease him about that. People die by degrees, but how important is that? And I'd love to get your perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure there's educators out there that will scream at what I'm about to say, but I find the degree has been better for me in terms of, hey, like I have- legitimate credentials, right? So it helps some people look at me in a way like, okay, she went through this. She did this extra. She's somebody to be taken seriously. And as somebody who's a general goofball, I need all the help I can get in being taken seriously sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So anybody who knows me knows that mostly 95% of what I say is a joke. So that helps. But also honestly, going through and getting my master's degree, I did learn a lot. Specifically, how do I work with people of differing opinions, differing viewpoints, differing thoughts, right? So for me, the collaboration aspect of it and learning how I can work with people who have different backgrounds, different ideas and different opinions, and take that in for what it's worth, learn from it, grow from it, and also on a team leverage that and people's different strengths to do things. I'm not good with words. If you ask me to write a paper, it's mostly just going to be bullet points and hope I get away with it. But I have other strengths that are really great. And so really learning how to work with teams and saying, Hey, I can help with this. If you can help with this and really in business and anywhere in life, being able to collaborate with other people and see other people's differences and their strengths and you see how you can use those along with your strengths is really critical. And that was something that I absolutely got out of the master's degree.
0: Yeah. There's so much. And then the MBA educational programs and all of the stuff that's going on, we could go on and on about that, but I really want to start getting into the journey of you launching your own business with your partner. What was the catalyst for that? Was it just something that you had to do? You just felt it was in you. What drove you to launch Lone people?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have always had a bit of an entrepreneurial bug about me. I've always wanted to do my own thing. I think my mother would probably say it was more like a dislike of authority, but (laughs) I always had that bug and I was always scheming in my head. If I could do it this way, if it was my company, this is what I would do. But as an operator, granted, I feel a very sales-friendly operator, but an operator nonetheless, Started my own company without the sales piece was always a challenge, clearly, right? That's what you need. You need right. customers, you need revenue. So in 2018, a local originator, Max Lehman, who is a top producer, he's been at the top of every Scotsman list ever respected in the community. He is here in Austin and we had met each other a couple times. He reached out to me and said, Hey, I want to go grab a beer. And he texted me out of the blue. I was like, Oh, what's going on here? So we met up and he said, here's the thing. I want to start my own business. I think this is something I'm ready to do. And I think you're the person to help me do it. And the one thing I love about Max is he's very honest about his strengths and weaknesses. And he's, I'm a really good originator. I can bring the loans in the door, but I don't know what I don't know about the rest of it. We talked for a couple months. We really spent time to make sure that he and I had similar viewpoints, perspectives, all of that. I've made mistakes in my career where I jumped into something a little too quickly without vetting it out properly. So we took a good six months to just get to know each other, make sure we had the same vision for what this new company could look like. And then finally, in May 2019, I took the risk and left a very secure job with a wonderful company and came to start Loan People. So we spent... The latter half of 2019, getting everything set up and run, Max was still running his team at his other company. And we basically lived under the threat of, okay, his other company could find out at any given time. So everything had to be done quickly in and in secret. So I had to do everything from get my own license so the company could be licensed to finding systems, finding people to hire, IT, getting an office space, health insurance, everything from May to December of 2019. We somehow made it all the way to the very end. And on January of 2020, we were able to start as a full-fledged banker and we were not brokering. We have warehouse lines, investors, and It was just absolutely amazing to see something that started out as literally like scribbles on a cocktail napkin at Bartlett's in Austin, Texas, become this... Full fledged company.
0: It was amazing. Yeah. It's such an exciting journey. I've had the privilege of helping so many people go through that journey. Have gone through it three times myself. And it's just so exciting to do that. And when you own your own baby, I think that's what's so compelling. So anyone listening to this, man, I gotta tell you, listen to the journey, look at listen to the preparation. There's so much about that. And we probably so have much. another podcast. But one of the things that goes into this really gets to the bite sponsorship of this podcast and the reason we're sitting here i would love to interview you anytime because of this but they said you got to really interview aaron d because of how she went about establishing this company and the selection of that now you had been an los administrator of other companies and so Mm -hmm. a lot went into this and the tech stack is such a critical thing these days and i want to get to why did you select byte And having the experience that you had with other companies and other technologies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The easy answer, like you said, there's so many decisions that have to be made in order to go live. Mm -hmm. It really honestly would have been the easy solution to go with the LOS that I had seven years experience administering, Max had years worth of working in. That would have been really the easy decision to make right in the short term. In the long term, that was not the right decision. And we're so glad we did not go that way. So what we did is really Max came at it from a, I need to be speedy, quick, fast. For an originator, Max thinks in the number of clicks it takes, how can I get... 15 estimates out to this one client in under five minutes, right? That's what he's trying to do. For me, I'm trying to have a system that I can administer in a compliant manner that I can configure to make it so that Max has fewer buttons to click. And that can easily, seamlessly work, talk to all of my other partners that I want to integrate with. And we sat down and and from his perspective and my perspective, we looked at, I think, 10 or more different loan origination systems. We had them do proofs of concept. We got into test environments. We played around in them. Max beat them all up. Wow, very
0: thorough.
1: Yeah, it was incredibly thorough. And we couldn't make many other decisions on other tech until we had this one dialed in. So that was like a really big priority for us. It's super funny because he was doing his part in secret and he would log into these webinars and and demos as some other name. It was super funny. And these guys had no idea they're talking to one of the top loan officers in the country. It was great. But we really came at it when both of those perspectives that we had, Byte quickly rose to the top of kind of the marriage of the easy to use, people just love Point Calix, everybody, the originators love that one. It's super easy to yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. The marriage of that yeah. and some more, some other kind of maybe more sophisticated systems. It was the beautiful baby of both where it was simple, easy to use for an originator, but it was compliant. It was fast and it was configurable and we just fell it, in love with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you look at the cost structure for other LOSs, as comparing it to Byte, did that enter into your decision at all?
1: No, it did not. It was a happy result, however, because Byte was also the most affordable of all of them. My monthly uh, PPE bill is more than my monthly Byte bill. And that is saying (laughs) something correct. That is a
0: major testament, especially when you consider the the product leader out there. At least they're the biggest number of installs. Their costs are through the roof. And that's one of the things I like pointing out when you're looking at Byte, that the it's affordable and it, it's good for a startup. We have some of the largest companies, CMG, Atlantic Bay, mm-hmm. other big companies, enterprise companies that, and not that you're big, not big, you're growing fast and doing all well, but, but you went from startup picking that, but it also works at the enterprise level. And I think that's really an important point to bring out about Byte. And then also if we talk about the configurability of it, the API integrations, if you could talk about how important was some of those attributes that they have to your decision.
1: Yes. Again, as a seven year prior administrator, I knew I was dialed in on what I wanted to be able to configure. Again, I don't like authority. I don't like being told what I can't do. I want to do what I want to do. And as an admin, that was incredibly attractive to me about the Byte system and that the API was so easy to use, so much easier to use than other systems I've worked in that we did not have the restrictions, the limitations. It was, here you go, do it have fun. You're allowed to do what you want to do. And that has been absolutely wonderful. We're able to create our own business rules. We're not limited on the business rules that we can do, custom fields, custom screens, custom printed forms, macros, things like that, calculations. We were not limited at all in what we were able to do. So we were able to build our own very sophisticated system out of this amazing, very affordable LOS base. And it's wonderfully compliant. We don't have compliance issues, any of that. So We really got the best of all worlds with it. And we've just been so happy.
0: There's many wonderful benefits of having that. And how would you say, do they partner with you? Do you sense, is it a true partnership? Because I know some of the other ones that are out there, the biggest one, it's, I'm sorry, this is the way it is. The partnership sense is not there. Talk about it with Byte. How is that?
1: Yeah, that was really important to us. And really quick, one thing on the configurability I forgot to mention is they offer, when you go to purchase them, multiple different levels of assistance in getting set up. And so for me, literally, it was just me for a while. And then eventually I had two other people to help me. But with everything else the three of us had going on, they had this like super high level. It was a little more expensive, but it was worth it because they helped us build pre-made business rules, things like that, which was awesome. And then, but if you have a a more sophisticated team, you can get the less expensive package and kind of do it all on your own. So uh, configurability, like they offered us those options, which was nice. So in terms of the partnership and the support, again, it's unlike other LOSs that I have worked with. I actually know the names of the people on their support desk and they're, fantastic they're amazing they know my name i've talked about oh look you just moved to fort worth that's so cool that's not far from us and so you build a relationship with these people who and they're just there for you they're there they help you they talk through things they're supportive i'm part of a key group where they've connected us with administrators from other companies around so we can actually sit there and talk and they come to us for ideas hey what do you guys think about this or what do you think about this and that's a, a sense of community that like i felt was almost this not encouraged in with prior regimes I've worked with. And I really love that. I know I can get on the phone and call Mark if I need to. I, I don't do that, but I could if I needed to, right? Bobby's yeah. around. The fact that I, I have easy access to people that run, that that build the LOS I use day in and day out, and I feel comfortable calling them by their first name and that they'll respond to me. It's been great. They really are all about building a community without doing big, expensive events that just add to the co- cost of my doing it. I really like the way they thread the needle there and building a community but doing it in a way that keeps their system very affordable.
0: Yeah, there's so many things we could talk about that, but I want to go back to talking about you launching this business and the journey you've had over the last four years What was things that you've experienced that you go, I did not anticipate this. Unfortunately, you launched this thing at a particular time where you had such wonderful markets at this. And now the last 18 months has been a bit of a challenge to that, but talk a little bit about what are the things that went according to plan and what didn't, and what are those things that didn't?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would say according to plan, we were able to get rolled out on the timeline that we wanted to. That to me was probably the biggest coup of the whole thing. We all know in this business, nobody keeps anything quiet and secret. And the fact that we were able to somehow stand up a company in secret with warehouse banks, investors, a full LOS, accounting system, blah, 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 without being caught and doing it on our timeline, honestly, that was to me, like a miracle of God in and of itself, right? It was so great yeah. that we were able to get that accomplished in this business. Right. That being said, I that think obviously <laughs> the pandemic, we did not expect that. We went live January right. 3rd of 2020. We onboarded 26 people from Max's team. So literally overnight, we went from a company of three people to a company of almost 30 people. And, and that was another great thing about Byte is having to train 30 people in one day, some processors, some underwriters, loan officers, closers, funders. We had to train all of these people literally in a couple of days so that they could just start throwing in loans. Max's team is a high producing team. We locked five loans our first day going live. Byte was that easy to teach people. They were able to come in and learn so quickly. That helped make our ramp up period, not so bad also, oh. but then you go into the pandemic, right? If your plans are, okay, I'm going to start originating. Then I'm going to go, I'm going to, you know, start as a best efforts basis. Then I'm going to go hedging and then I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do that. And you have a natural progression of things. Then the pandemic hits and now all of a sudden everybody's remote And we've got more business coming in than we know what to expect with. And then the Fed drops rates to zero. And right at the time, we're wanting to make that journey of flipping from best efforts to hedging and mandatory. There were no broker dealers that were willing to even talk to me. I will always love Jerry Levy. He spent an hour (laughs) and a half on the phone with me and let me tell our story. And he gave me my first $10 million trading line. And that allowed us to start our hedging journey. And then the warehouse, some of the warehouse banks started cutting capacity. And so that first year were we trying to just get a business going, sell loans that did not have defects, make sure we were being compliant, making sure people knew how to use the system, all of that. Then you get all of these other things just in the broader economy, dealing with the pandemic, dealing with these crazy interest rates, businesses, hedging, all of that was also thrown at us at the same time. And it's the easy answer for me to say what went wrong. And ultimately it went great. And we did great fundings and we shoved every single penny we made in the bank. We didn't take anything. So we put it all in the bank and that's because we knew this time was coming. And so that's allowed us to sustain ourselves and still be in a really strong position today, even after the last 18 months.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really strong point. A lot of people spend during the good times. They enjoy that. They spend their earnings. They do not put it away for these times. This is a very cyclical market, man. This has been such a pronounced reminder this last 18 months of just how severe things can turn and change. How's the business going today? How are you doing overall? How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs)
1: I've stopped drinking as much. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't done that. Um, No. (laughs) I'm not a chicken counter. I am hoping for the best that November was the worst of it. I just went through all of our statistics yesterday. I do it every day. Yesterday, we're up 80% month over month on leads. We're up big on locks. Our pipeline is over 10 million more than it was this time last year. Locks, wow. leads have all been stronger than they have been. I'm a little concerned that about the bond market a little bit, but I think that it's starting to feel like we're coming out and I don't think it's going to be a quick come out of it, but I'm hoping <laughs> that we're starting that climb back up to a more normal Sense of the business.
0: You guys have been so successful, and I love the intentionality of this. I love how your career path intentionally got in the business, intentionally prepared yourself for this. You got intentionally got into some great companies, starting with option one, learned some basics. You continue to reach out to get some great counsel and advice. Andy Shell, a business partner, dear, dear friend of mine. I love that guy. I have one of yeah. the smartest brains in the mortgage industry out there. And it's been, I'm sure just such a great asset to you as you've gone through this and i think you just can't surround yourself with enough good counsel when it I comes agree. especially in the markets that we've gone through here just recently because those of us who have been at it for as long as we have been I do have bring a perspective but it's so refreshing to find someone like you that you and max had decided to make this decision to move and open up your own business i'm so excited about moving forward where do you see loan people going in the future. Is the vision to become the biggest mortgage county? I think this is important, especially as I'm talking to so many new businesses that are starting up. What should they dream about? Is it the next two years, five years, or is it important to have the big BHAG, the big hairy audacious goal that's out there? What's your thoughts on that, Aaron?
1: Yeah. So first I would just want to say, I agree with you completely on Andy. He was literally the first phone call that I made when I knew we were mm-hmm. going to do this. And I was like, Andy, I need your help. He's absolutely fan- fantastic. And I love that you use BHAG. I actually use that with my loan originators every year. When I talk about their business planning and their forecasting, I'm like, all right, what's realistic. And then what's your BHAG let's try to get there, but what can we realistically do? So I love that, that you use that expression as well. I think it's different for everybody. Honestly, for us here at Lone People, we know that at a certain point, when you get to be so big, you lose your soul, really, like you lose who you are, you lose yeah. your founding principles, you lose why you really did this in the first place. Unless the reason you do in the first place is to get super big and go public and move on. Great. That's some people's goals. But for us, we built something that we intentionally left other companies to come and build something that we believed in to follow a philosophy. And so really our goal is to be able to be big enough that we can surround ourselves with those people and people around the country, originators and operators, both that follow our same philosophy and make really good livings for ourselves, right? We don't need to be $100 billion a month, but 5 billion would be great. That's to me is is a really nice size where you're not losing your sense of who you are. I love that. I know everybody's name at this company. I love it. I don't get to talk to everybody every day, but I love that I know everybody's name. And to me, I want to continue in a way that allows us to stay true to our founding principles, but still grow big enough to where we're able to make good livings and do good things for our communities.
0: That's just awesome. How can people get a hold of you? They want to learn more about you and your business and possibly join your company, what's the best way for them to reach out to you, Aaron?
1: Yeah, it's my email address is aaron.de at lonepeople.com. So E R I N dot D E E at lonepeople.com. I am constantly on that email and happy to respond. So that's really the quickest and best.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day to join us and sharing the journey that you've gone through literally from the very, very beginning. And I had forgotten that you were at option one and knew Bob so well. And that brings back some wonderful, great memories from my days in Southern California. So. Wish you the very best, you and Max, and continued success. And mm-hmm. I know let as who's the one guy I say, see you at the top. I'm certainly we will be seeing you at the top. You're continuing to grow. And uh, kudos to you and your success. And hope we can stay in touch. I'd love to have you back. There's so many parts of your story that I want to go back and dive deeper into and share, especially as we're seeing a new season open up where so many new companies are forming because they become disillusioned with the lack of vision and how problems are handled. What I like about what's in the middle of your name is people and it's lone people, but it's people, yep. it's a people-based solution. So way to go, Aaron, wish you a match the you. very best. Thanks for jumping on a call with me today. And so we can Anytime. share this with our audience.
1: Anytime Appreciate. for you, sir.
0: Thank you so much. Hey, listeners, this hot topic would not be possible without our sponsors. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Total Expert, Finastra, Byte Software, Lender Homepage, Angel AI, Truve, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, iEmergent, Modex, Mobility MMI, and Knowledge Group. There's so many good sponsors here, and we're so grateful for each one of them. Be sure to check out each of those sponsors and their spots on our website, on Lending